Welcome to another week of It's Just My Thoughts, and I'm your host, Mika Reeves. And I feel like it's been more than a week since I've talked to you guys, but it's only been a week. And uh, just to give a recap of my week, I haven't had much really going on. Um, I did stay up a lot of nights very late reading, and um, I just finished reading this book called The Book of Longings. And uh, it was such a beautiful book and it was a different type of book. It was historical fiction and it was about if Jesus married a feminist. Uh, and so it was just, um, just a journey, but it was a really good book. Um, definitely something to check out if you're into historical fiction. Uh, I definitely recommend it, but I spent my week doing that. And so I finished that last night. I think I went to bed like at midnight up reading. Um, and I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna be real with you. Like I started my reading goal this year because I wanted to force myself to read more. Like I've always been an avid reader, but, um, you know, with work and you doing other things, you kind of fall off from things that you're passionate about. And so, uh, I've read some really amazing books and I try to go out into different genres. And so it's been really cool. Some of the books that I've discovered this year and just sinking into them and just finding these amazing stories uh, so I spent my week doing that. The other big thing that we've been having going on, going on, I think throughout the world, but I'm in North Carolina has been the question of whether or not, uh, these kids should go back to school. Uh, they, um, pretty much so far here, I think the first five weeks is virtual. You have the option, I think for your kid to go virtual only, I think for the re- for the whole year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so you, the parents right now are making the choices to do that. I personally, you know, with me, you know, having a bonus kid, you know, Isaiah was on here a few episodes ago. Um, I'm personally against the kids going back to school until it's safe till we actually have a handle on COVID and what's going on, because I think it's impossible to think that, uh, children, Isaiah's older, he's about to be in his senior year of high school. I hate the fact that he's going to have a different type of high school, you know, senior year experience. Cause that's like your last year of, you know, with your friends and all that. But I think it's impossible to think that these kids are going to be, you know, they're going to fully social distance that they fully understand he's older. So he understands, but I mean, I'm, I'm speaking more of the younger kids and, and, uh, you know, I don't think that they fully understand like being safe at school and things like that. And then also you see a lot of parent shaming for people that want their kids to go back to school. I personally, um, have a a lot of my friends have younger kids and they're working parents where both parents work. And so I know it's been very difficult for, you know, them to do the homeschooling that took place last year and still try to work their job. And a lot of them were blessed to be able to work from home, but working from home with your kids, that's like, you know, five, six, seven, you know, around that age group, a little younger, they don't understand that you're working. And so I think it's caused the stress level of so many people to be so high. And so I understand why people might want to send their kids to school, like one of, but I think like when I talk to my friends, they obviously want to know like, what's the safety plan and things like that. But I don't, I don't judge if you want to send your kids to school because I understand it because it is hard, you know, it's, it's, um, I think it's been difficult, difficult, excuse me, for everyone to kind of juggle this thing. And also I think it's been hard for, um, parents to, you know, be quote unquote, uh, their kids teachers, you know, because school is different now. The, the, um, material is different now. Um, I help Isaiah with his work. 
And sometimes, you know, I have to Google and, you know, figure some things out because I haven't taken like a math class in forever. And he's in like pre-calculus. And, you know, so for me, I've had to reach into some of my friends that's like math wizards and things like that. If he has questions and try to help him as much as I can. But I think it's been very difficult. But at the same time, I just, you know, want all of the uh, kids to be safe. I was reading this article and it was saying that if they completely reopen school with just the way it is now, right, that they're saying that it's an estimate of 14,000 kids that will die. And when I saw that, I was just like, yo, that, I, I don't know. I'm just like, I'm, I'm all for the virtual learning right now until there is some kind of level of safety for these children, because that's to me is what's most important. I get we want our kids to go to school, but at the same time, I think the most important thing is that you want your kid to be alive as well. And um, right now, COVID is still going up. Uh, in North Carolina, we still, we have not hit a um, a decline yet or even a, a level, like where it's leveled off at all. We still are getting increasing cases. Um, in my house, personally, we are back in phase one. So we do not let anybody come over to the house. And, you know, we've pretty much been in the house for the most part. Um, I've, I've ventured out a little bit and try to like, you know, maybe go get a drink or two or something outside somewhere like where I'm away from people um, with my with some of my friends that I know have been, you know, in the house as well. And so I've kind of tried to keep it simple, but we still like, you know, we wear our mask and we just kind of, you know, we don't do the hugs and things like that. We do like, you know, elbow bump type thing. And um, I don't know. I mean, I think this is going to be a new normal for a while and it's taken a lot of adjusting. And I've t taken the time to do a lot of reading, which which I've really enjoyed. I've been doing a lot of journaling, you know, just trying to keep my sanity. I've been working on the pod. Um, I do have some stuff coming up that I'm going to announce probably next week in regards to the podcast. And then also uh, I've been doing a lot of yeah, exercising outside. So even if I don't go for a run, um, cause it's pretty blazing in North Carolina right now, 90 something degrees, I will go for hikes and just go out in nature and, uh, just do stuff like that. Me and a few of my friends next month, we're, um, we're going backpacking, um, and camping out at the great smoky mountains. So it's going to be pretty cool and I'm really excited about it, but I'm just trying to do things just to, uh, break up the monotony of just the everyday of being in the house. Cause I work from home. And I've been trying to just do things that'll make me happy and, and not just be um, depressed. Because if you sit in your house and you don't leave the house, um, you will you will start to feel depressed. So if anything, I encourage you, if, if that's your reality where you're still kind of in the house chilling, at least go out and go for walks throughout the day. Um, get you a little bit of nature and get you a little bit of sun. And so that's my biggest suggestion and find a hobby too. you know, reading has been my sanctuary right now and I've been enjoying it just going through my books. And so it's been pretty cool. Um, so yeah, so that's pretty much all I've had going on this week. It's, it's been pretty, um, uh, it's been pretty light. I also, before I go into, um, motivational Monday, I did want to say I'm recording this right now on Sunday. So when you get this, obviously it's going to be on Monday, but today, um, I watched a little bit of, um, uh, the, um, what they were doing for, um, John Lewis. And so right now, uh, this morning they were showing John Lewis body. Um, he was a Congressman that, that passed that I spoke of last week and, um, he was being carried across the Edmund Pettus bridge 
where he helped lead a march for voting rights in 1965. And so they basically carried him across the bridge for the last time. And they had rose petals on the ground, which represented the blood spilled on Bloody Sunday. And so I thought it was really beautiful. My voice is trembling some just from the, um, it made me a little emotional just seeing it. And uh, I did want to talk about it one more time and just um, give remembrance to him and everything that he's done. But, um, you know, seeing them carry his body across the bridge was very beautiful. And so um, if you didn't see that, I'm sure you can find it somewhere. But um, I, I just thought that was very beautiful. And we really lost a, um, a really great spirit and also someone that really fought every day for um, the betterment and the movement of um, the treatment of black people in America. And so um, we definitely just need to just, uh, you know, give remembrance towards that. But uh, if, if you didn't see um, the rose petals on the ground and, and them um, commemorating uh, Bloody Sunday, you know, definitely check that out. It was really uh, beautiful. All right. So let's just go into Motivational Monday. All right. So for Motivational Monday today, I am pulling from my... Um, my mindfulness journal again. And so it starts with a quote. And so this is basically a journal entry I want you to do this week. And the quote is, if you want others to be happy, practice compassion. If you want to be happy, practice compassion. And so the journal entry is how I practice compassion today. I like that one when I saw it and I actually did this journal entry myself. And so uh, I want you to do this journal entry for yourself. And I want you to speak of how you practice compassion today, whether it's for somebody else or, um, you know, obviously it'll be for somebody else or for yourself or your family or your friend or whoever it was. But that's what I have for Motivational Monday. So hopefully you guys do that. All right. So my Black Excellence this month, let me pull this up. It goes to actress Yahari Shahidi. Her and her mother, Carrie, they recently launched their production company, signing a, a partnership deal with ABC Studios. Yari and mom, Kiri, announced their new partnership with ABC Studios, launching their seventh son production company, which will be part of Disney Television Studios. The Gronish star will be developing and producing scripted and alternative programming for cable streaming and broadcast at ABC. I thought this was really cool. Yahari Shidi is really dope. She's a very educated young lady. Um, I remember watching her do a speech. I can't remember what the speech was for. It might have been, I don't know, I don't remember what it was for. She might have been campaigning for Barack Obama, but I'm not really sure. But she was a teenager at the time when she did this speech, and it was, uh, she blew me away. So I was like, wow, you know. Um, but that's really cool. And it's, and it, honestly, it's been really dope to see a lot of, um, just blacks making a splash and really getting opportunities to be, um, you know, getting production deals and, uh, getting more of a presence and, you know, the entertainment sector. So, um, that was my black excellence for this week. So let's go into some hot topics. I don't have much. I'm gonna give a few recaps and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do that. So let's just start with, uh, who should I start with? So let's give an update on Tamar. Last week, I talked about how they found Tamar unconscious in the hotel where they were saying that it could have been a potential suicide attempt. It really hasn't been much. Um, it hasn't really been much information in regards to it. Um, so I still want to say just keep Tamar in your prayers. I was happy to see that um, she 
did recover. She is alive and she's, you know, um, stable. They moved her to a mental facility. And I think honestly, like that's a normal thing that happens. If you have any kind of like a suicidal type thing, I think you have to go to a mental facility to make sure to like, you know, are you okay? Or what exactly took place? I did read somewhere that her boyfriend, David was saying that, um, it might've been accidental. I'm not really sure because it's also a report saying that she had written a suicide note. And, but these are things that are strictly speculation. These are things that I read, um, just on the internet and nothing has been confirmed. So I'm not really sure, but I do know that she did get moved to a mental facility. And so I definitely, you know, I'm still praying for the family. I I'm actually a Tamar Braxton fan, actually. Um, she has a beautiful voice. I feel like, you know, and I had these conversations a lot, um, with my kid in the house, like the pressures of being a celebrity, being in the light and things like that. People don't realize that sometimes that can come with so much unhappiness because you pretty much like when you become a celebrity, you pretty much lose your life in a sense. Like I make the joke of sometimes, sometimes I get up, you know, my locks be all disheveled. You know, I might, I, I walk to the grocery store cause I live right beside it. So I might walk down to the grocery store with some running shorts on a t-shirt looking crazy. And if I was a celebrity, you know, that could make a, a, a newspaper or article saying, Oh, look at Mika, you know, she out here looking crazy. She has, she has something going on with herself when really, and truly I have nothing going on with myself. I'm just being lazy you know, just throwing my hair up in a bun and going to the store. And that's the pressure that these celebrities have because you lose yourself. You lose, you can't do anything anymore because there's always somebody there to pass judgment, um, on what you have going on. I know with Tamar's situation, apparently I think this is, was, uh, stem from, uh, she was shooting Braxton family, Braxton family values to show that she's on her family. And she felt like that, uh, you know, it's reality TV. So she felt like they kept trying to show her in a negative light and just kind of like, uh, basically bring the family against each other. And she was just saying that she didn't like, you know, the direction that it had gone in and all of that and just how she was perceived on TV. And so it kind of led to this. I think that has something to do with it, but this is all this kind of like what I read and I didn't really get like a full, like, yeah, this is exactly what happened. Nobody has gotten that. I don't think it's just kind of like, um, you know, so, um, I just want to just give an update on that, that I talked about last week and just, you know, let's just keep her in our prayers, man, because regardless whether it was accidental or it was, um, a real attempt, uh, anytime that somebody want to, you know, take their life or escape this, escape this world. Um, I definitely hope that she gets uh, help in regards to that and get the healing that she needs from that as well as her family. Cause I know that has to be, um, traumatizing and scary. All right. So the other thing that I want to talk about today was, um, Kanye. I've talked about Kanye for two episodes now. So this is my third episode talking about Kanye and it's just been more and more stuff happening. And so I wanted to give an update on that, but I also wanted to give a different perspective on that this time. The last two episodes I've talked about how, you know, my level of just disappointment, um, with Kanye in general. Um, and so I'm going to backtrack a little bit on that, on some of the thoughts that I feel, cause I feel a little bit differently now, a little bit. I still feel that the things that Kanye say is problematic. I still feel that the things that he do is wrong. Um, 
he had a rally recently in South Carolina for, I think he's been trying to like basically get himself on the ballots that there's still some states left that he can still get his name on the ballot. And so I guess he's trying to do that. So he had a rally. He had a rally in South Carolina, which I thought was just bananas when I saw it. Um, when I watched the video, the video was concerning for me. Um, and it wasn't even past the point of like me just saying like, you know, my dislike for him per se, but it was just concerning from the standpoint of, um, at first I, at first when I, when I read reports saying that he might be in the middle of an episode, like a manic episode, I was kind of like, okay, you know, maybe because I know that, um, you know, you have people that do damage control, so they're going to try to kind of, you know, say it's this and to kind of remove or like take away ownership of the things that he's saying. And that's what irritated me at first, because like I take mental health really serious and all of that. And so I don't like when I don't, I didn't, I didn't like if, if he really wasn't going through an episode, like I didn't want them to just say, Oh, well, he's bipolar. This is what it is. If, if that wasn't what it was and this is just him talking. Right. So then when he had the rally, um, he spoke about a lot of things and I thought some of the things he spoke about was wrong from the standpoint of he has children. And even though I understood what he was trying to say, and I'm going to say the point he was making basically about his anti-abortion stance. And he was, he made a statement saying that he had told Kim when I guess she had first announced that she was pregnant with North, that basically he asked her to have an abortion and you know obviously she refused and he was just saying that like you know his dad and which brought him into tears because he's in regret of the fact that he even wanted that you know he thanked god that she didn't have an abortion but he also um was just saying that his dad asked his mom to to abort him and that basically if his mom would have listened to his dad like he he wouldn't have been there he wouldn't have been here and he was in tears saying this stuff and he was just basically saying like how he feels like you know, his dad never loved him. So when I saw that and everybody was like, like laughing about this on social media, like just this rally, cause the rally was, it was all over the place. But when you sit and listen, actually listen to what somebody's saying and you see this man emotional like that, then I was like, okay, he really might be really going through something at this point because I didn't find it to be funny at all. Like I'm not going to laugh at somebody pain. And it's obvious that, you know, he's experiencing, he's experiencing pain, you know, in this moment and what, and I understood what he was saying with the fact of like, he's glad that he didn't, um, you know, he had his, he had his child, you know, that he didn't abort his child. I think what was kind of messed up in my mind was that he spoke about something that was a personal matter between him and his wife. And even if they had that conversation and obviously they had that conversation, that wasn't something for any of us to know. And also the fact that your child is alive and and I'm, and these kids are older and social media is everywhere and this shit has been everywhere. I think sometimes you have to take the responsibility as a parent and think about your child too, who's going to hear you say these things. And that could be very hurtful to the kid. And so, um, I thought that was just really irresponsible, even though I, I understood what he was trying to say by saying, like, I'm glad that I didn't, that we didn't go through with that. And, and, you know, that we're blessed to have our kid. That's what I took from it. And that's how I took it. But I thought that was like, just, 
really fucked up to say, you know, in general, because I'm sure Kim probably didn't want anybody to know that they had that conversation, right? So he said quite a few other things. Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, then he started tweeting saying that, you know, he basically his marriage with Kim was like get out and how the movie get out and how, um, you know, he had been trying to divorce her for two years, which I don't think any of that is true. And then, um, he, I mean, he's just been going in on, on Twitter. He's talked about Kris Jenner, like talked about, you know, uh, Kim's mom. Um, I mean, he said a lot of things. And so now that make me really feel like, I think he could really be going through, um, an episode. But the thing is though, um, everybody's saying like he needs to get, you know, quote unquote locked up, um, as far as like into a mental facility. Here's the thing and my thoughts on that. And I'm not a, you know, I'm a, I'm a therapist nut, but I'm not a, I, I don't know everything about all this stuff. So this is just my opinion. I don't think the first thing that you do in cases like this is just lock somebody up. Right now he has made statements about how he does not take his medication. I think that the first thing that they need that they need to do is try to come up with some kind of treatment plan in regards to get his bipolar, um, under control. Cause right now it seems like it's not under control. And so I think the hardest part with situations like this is trying to get the person to see that they need help. Because right now, I don't think that he sees that he needs help just with the way that, you know, he's talking, tweeting and things like that. And so I think first, you know, you have to kind of give a level of compassion, but because he's such a celebrity, we look at this as, um, as news, like this is stuff that's like on every headline and things like that. And what I always tell people, I'm like, when things are happening and it happens to a celebrity, we treat celebrities like they're not real people, right? And so we sit here and we're like, oh, Kanye's crazy. I can't look at this. Look at what he's doing. Oh, look at what he's doing and all this stuff, you know? And I mean, I've talked about it for two episodes now. Like how I've just been like, you know, this this, this stuff out here is crazy. But it's like you, you have to figure out some kind of treatment plan first to where they can start working the plan. I don't think the first thing that you do is try to commit somebody, I mean, admit somebody to like a mental facility, um, especially if they're not doing something that's in harm to themselves. Now, when they start going to a point that they're, where they're a harm to you or a harm to themselves, I think that's a different conversation. But I think first is getting on him on some kind of treatment plan to figure out how to get it under control. Because to me, it doesn't seem like that, um, his mental health is okay. So when I look at a situation, I don't, I don't think it is. Now, Kim has been pretty quiet. Uh, one night I was in the bed and I couldn't sleep. So I was on Twitter and I was, um, just seeing that the Kardashians were trending. I'm not, I'm not a big Kardashian fan in general with any of them. But I do think it's kind of, um, but unfortunately that's her husband, but I do think it's unfair that to say that, um, everybody keep asking where's Kim, where's Kim, where's Kim. But I think that we don't know what's going on behind the scenes and we don't know, you know, what is going, is fully, you know, going on. And Kim, I think is trying to get him help because, you know, he said that she tried to come to Wyoming with a doctor and all that. But what y'all got to understand is if he, if he really is manic and going through an episode, 
that can make you be really paranoid. It can make you think all these things. And I, I personally think that she is trying to get him help, but it's kind of hard to help somebody that's not wanting to help themselves. So if he's not at a place where he has an understanding of what he has going on, like he has to be the one to say, okay, I need help because it doesn't matter how much you try to help a person if they're not trying to help themselves. Okay. So I'm going to read the statement that Kim put out. I'm going to say she wrote this, but this was a really good statement. I don't know, but I'm going to read it. She said, Kanye is, is a brilliant but complicated person who, on top of the pressures of being an artist and a black man who experienced the painful loss of his mother, has to deal with the pressure of isolation that is heightened by his bipolar disorder. She wrote at the time, those who are close with Kanye know his heart and understands his words sometimes do not align with his intentions. We as a society talk about giving grace to the issue of mental health as a whole. However, we should also give it to the individuals who are living with it in times when they need it the most. Kim concluded, I kindly ask that the media and public give us, give us the compassion and empathy that is needed so that we can get through this. Thank you for for those who have who has been who has uh, thank you for those who have expressed concern for Kanye's well-being and for your understanding. I I personally think that this was a really good statement. I think it was honest. I think that um yeah, I believe that they are trying to get him help, but I think that Kanye has to be, you know, he's part of the treatment plan. He has to be on on board with it. And it's um taking medication is one thing, but also uh like what I, what I would suggest me personally, it's not necessarily like a, like a mental facility, but more so a wellness facility. And I mean, they have money, so you can find probably a really good wellness center where it's like you go and they do like, um, you know, you do talking, so you have therapy, all of that, but it's like holistic stuff too. And, you know, you kind of like, just like, bring yourself down naturally and just like have a healing place because I think he more so than anything healing needs to take place and I don't think healing is always going to take place with you just being locked up in a behavioral health facility I think that he needs healing because he has experienced a lot of pain a lot of trauma uh, a lot of things and on top of that he has admittedly said numerous times that he does not take the medication so that in itself is not him basically reeling in his mental health, you know, take care of it. Um, I don't have a mental health condition uh, of no form. It has been times in my life that I've kind of fallen into a depressive state um, quite a few times. So I go to therapy and therapy helps me with just um, getting the tools that I need to maintain a healthy mental health. I treat my mental health the same way I treat, um, my physical health, my emotional health and all of that. And so I go because I know that I need it. And sometimes I go just for maintenance. And sometimes I go when I have questions. And then sometimes I go when I need just to have a higher level of coping skills to deal with certain things. I go sometimes even for my parenting, like, you know, am I doing this right? Am I doing this wrong? And am I looking at this in the wrong way? How can I be more open-minded? How can I have more compassion? And those are things that those are skills and tools that 
I learn from therapy and that's what I go for, right? Everybody goes for different reasons. Um, but I go and I maintain my mental health because I know it's important for me to do that because you can be, you can have all the money in the world. You can have everything in the world, but if your mental health is not there, it trickles down into everything. If you're not happy, like truly happy and have sound mind, it's going to trickle down into everything that you're doing. And in this case right here, you're seeing it happen with Kanye because, you know, I do believe that, you know, him and Kim love each other. But if he doesn't get this under control, these outbursts and these tweets and things like that, it's hurtful. Like you're, you're being hurtful. And it's only a matter of time that that whole thing that they have is going to fall apart because there's only so much that somebody can take of a situation like that. So I guess I backpedaled a little bit with some of my thoughts with Kanye, but I just more so wanted to give compassion because when I saw um, the rally and I saw the way people were just kind of like making fun of it, it's, it's not funny. You know, it's, it's really not. And um, I don't know. I just more so felt like, you know, I hope that he gets the healing and the help that he needs personally. And um, so I wanted to spend a little time today just giving uh, another Kanye update on what happened this past week. So I'm going to end with in news that made Mika happy. I got my sports back. And um, so this week, yesterday, I spent all day watching the WBA. Um, it's been kind of cool. I actually thought it was going to be kind of different. Well, it is different. Obviously there's no, um, there's no, um, um, audience or anything like the, no, no one can come. And so they're, they're playing inside the bubble, um, the WBA bubble. And so what they've done, um, to start their games, they're giving honor to Brianna Taylor. They have Brianna Taylor name on their jerseys. And they also did a, uh, they did a, um, a moment of silence for 26 seconds so they did that, and uh, it's been pretty cool. The games have been cool. Um, they kind of do social distancing, like, on the benches, so it's like they have individual chairs, um, and they're kind of, like, spread with, like, the drinks in between, so I guess each person has their own thing, and uh, so that's been kind of cool. This week, um, July 30th, uh, the, the NBA starts back on thir- on Thursday night, like, like real games. Like, I think they've been doing, like, a little um, exhibition games leading up. And here's the thing, we've already had some issues with the bubble with the men. And I don't know, I don't know how, I I just want them to be able to finish the season and then we just move forward, right? I don't really know, it, I don't really know if it's really going to truly happen because it's just like people are just selfish and they just, they just, just stay in the bubble, you know? And so basically I told y'all how they're going to have like these rings on that's like tracking and things like that. So there's this player that plays for the Clippers called named um, Lou Williams. Lou Williams left the bubble the other day. Well, I think yesterday he left the bubble, went to Atlanta, which is like COVID heaven right now, went to the bubble. I mean, left the bubble, went to Atlanta, went to Magic City. He's in the strip club, Magic City strip club in Atlanta. He's in the strip club taking pictures, y'all. So it's proof that he's in the strip club. And then I guess he's decided to come, you know, he's going to float back to the bubble. He said that he went to, he went there to get some food, but mind you, like they're, they're in Orlando. So what are you, what are you doing, sir? 
So, so now he's back and he has to do a 10 day quarantine and it's selfish because the, this, the game start on Thursday and his team actually plays on Thursday. Now he can't even play. So he hasn't missed like the first couple of games because of this. And the reason why I'm like, I don't know how, if this is going to truly finish out because if the players are selfish in any form right now, no one, no one in the bubble has COVID. They all have tested negative every single NBA player. So if they stay in the bubble with each other and just play the games, clearly nobody should have it and you shouldn't contract it because no one has it. All of them have been tested. But if you do things like this and you flow outside the bubble and then of all places go to the strip club, um, I just feel like it's selfish. You're putting everybody at risk, but at the same time, I'm like, how are you going to maintain that they are safe? I mean, I'm sure they're probably doing a continual of, of COVID testing and things like that, but I don't know. I'm just like, why? I, I just, it pissed me off, honestly, when I saw it, because I was like, you know, these people that's playing, majority of the people in the league have children, you know, and obviously they're, they're all away from their family. So everybody is sacrificing, um, to basically finish out the season, you know, everybody is sacrificing. Everybody had to leave their, their, their wives and their children and everything and go into this bubble. And so I feel like if everybody's sacrificing, then it's wrong for somebody just to be selfish and not do, make the same sacrifices that everybody else is doing. These are men that's like multimillionaires. So I'm sure they don't want to live in a bubble either. You know, they don't have their personal chefs. They don't have their kids and their freedom to do whatever. But if everybody's making that sacrifice and everybody makes sacrifice together. And so, you know, I, I was really excited for sports to come back. I'm a big sports person. And so, um, yeah, I want to see the season finished. And on top of the fact, like, I, I personally love the fact that, you know, you've seen the players, um, you know, come together and, um, you know, everybody in their press conferences is talking about, you know, social injustices, like how they want to see change. And it's been pretty cool. It's been pretty cool to see the solidarity with every sport, just, you know, just saying like, we want change. Um, yeah. So it's just, I just want the season to be finished, but I want people to just stop being selfish because a lot of people for whatever reason, don't believe that COVID is real. It's really weird because I had this conversation the other day, that, like where somebody told me they really think it's bullshit. And I'm like, I don't think it's bullshit, but I'm like, but I actually know people, you know, like that, that's been directly around me that's had it. And I've actually known people like that's like directly in my life that, or that someone in their life has passed away from it. So it is something to take serious. So they're, you know, they're basically risking their lives just trying to give us some entertainment, you know? So why be selfish and put people in harm that's, that's doing the right thing while you're doing the wrong thing? So that's just my thoughts on that. I don't know. I'm hoping that, you know, we can continue having sports. Now the NFL, that's a whole different story and that's a whole different conversation. And I say that because you've been seeing the last couple of weeks, the NFL players are speaking out. Now the NFL is a different story because the NFL have a lot of working parts. Like the NBA, you got the players and you got the coaches and, you know, you got a few people of the staff, but they all were tested and they're all, and every one of them are inside the bubble. The NFL got a lot of working parts. It's, it's more than any sport because you have the players. And then what people don't realize is you got a practice squad too. So you got those players and then you have trainers and a whole bunch of shit. 
you know, different coaches. I mean, it's a whole bunch of different people with the NFL. And while they still haven't come up with any safety protocols or what they were going to do in regards to the season, and obviously, like, you know, NFL is a contact sport where you're up close to each other all the time and all of that. And um, so a lot of players have been speaking out. Like you saw Russell Wilson saying, like, he just, you know, him and Sierra just brought their baby home when, and he just saying, like, you know, he had kids and, you know, his wife just had a baby. Well, at the time she was still pregnant, but, you know, his wife just had a baby. And he was like how, you know, he feels unsafe. And a lot of players are saying, like, we want to play, but we want to feel safe. And what are y'all going to do to put the safety? What is the safety uh, protocol? Like, you know, what's the what's the precautions that you guys are doing? And the NFL has said nothing so far about any anything. So I don't know. Like, I'm like, are are we going to get um, some safety protocols for these people? Because me personally, I'm a sports person, but. I don't want any of my life to be put in danger just because I want to watch these people play on TV. And I don't think any of them life should be put in danger because we want to watch them on TV. So the NFL needs to come up with some kind of solution in regards to what they're going to do, or they just need to cancel the season. Now, you know, you're not going to cancel the season. So I don't know if they're going to try to do some kind of bubble type thing, but I mean, there right now, there has been no, there has been nothing in regards to their safety. And they're expecting people to report to training camp. So I don't know what's going to go on with the NFL. I think the bubble thing with the NBA is pretty cool. Um, if everybody stick to it, you know, and actually do the right things. And that's saying a lot. But the NFL, I don't know. If if, if I was an NFL player and they didn't have, you know, any safety shit in place for me, I personally wouldn't go either, especially if I had a family and I got little kids at home and shit like that. That's my opinion. So I wanted to, I hope that I was going to have an update for Meg Thee Stallion. I still don't. I don't really know what happened. I I, I still don't know what happened. They haven't really said, but um, I think it might've been like a domestic situation though. So, um, so still, I want to say some prayers up to, you know, Meg Thee Stallion, her recovery. Um, I hope that, you know, um, I think she, what I read this week was that she had surgery and, um, everything came out fine. So hopefully, uh, you know, she's able to recover from that. Also, I guess another big news this week, um, if it's news, I don't know. Cause like this was already kind of a rumor, I guess, but she came out with her baby pictures, but Nicki Minaj is expecting. And I know Nicki Minaj has been saying for a long time that she wanted to have children. So I'm really excited for her and her little mommy journey. Um, and that was about it. I think that's all I had. So I guess this is all hot topic episode. Uh, I did have a thought of the week, but I'm going to save that for next week because I think I'm going to have, um, next week I'm going to have a, a co-host with me. So I'm going to uh, do the thought of the week next week with the co-host so we can have some different opinions on that. But um, I thank you guys so much for listening today. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to follow, subscribe. Uh, make sure you put a, a like on the episode as well and rate it uh, you can find me on most streaming platforms spotify soundcloud apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, radio everywhere um you can pretty much find me uh definitely leave me feedback i'm open you can find me on um, social media as well if you ever send me messages i always respond so i get messages a lot you can and i always respond to them so you can hit me there if you ever want to talk or ask any questions, or if it's something that you actually want to hear me talk about as far as like some kind of, um, 
anything, you know, mental health focused or whatever, you know, we can have a conversation. I can bring people on, have a conversation about it. So if it's something that you want to hear, let me know. Um, my Twitter is at IJMT podcast. My Instagram is at it's just my thoughts underscore podcast. And you can find me in my email, which is IJMT podcast at gmail.com. So you can find me in those places. So follow me, like, subscribe, people. And like always, I thank you so much for listening. It's Mika here and I appreciate you.